just one verse of scripture, very, very familiar verse of scripture. Uh, I wrote about it uh, in every Bible that I signed for all 13 of our graduates. Uh, most of you could probably quote it. Uh, I love the NIV translation of it, so that's where I'm going to be today. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and the NIV translation says it this way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And when Abby was still in high school, I thought about this this week. She had been in the theater program for a number of years and she had many lead roles that I just thoroughly enjoyed watching her in. But one of my all-time favorites was when she was Cinderella. And there's some of you here that were there and you, you remember uh, that play as well. And I'll never forget sitting in Abby's first performance for Cinderella. And I say first because I was a theater dad. And sometimes I saw those performances nine times before they were done. But the first performance, I'll never forget sitting there. There was a scene. You know, not everything that happens is spiritual. But there was a scene in Cinderella that the Lord began to just deal with me because something was said and it resonated in my spirit. And it was just after the dress transformation, if you're familiar with Cinderella, if not, you'll have to go home and watch it. But when the fairy godmother accompanies Cinderella to the ball, as Cinderella is ready to enter, she turns and she asks the fairy godmother to go in with her. But the fairy godmother explains that she can't go with her. And Cinderella responds, but nothing in my life has prepared me for a night like this. The fairy godmother looks at her and says, yet everything in your life has led you to this moment. I want you to turn to the person next to you this morning and tell them, God has a plan. Pray with me and for me. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence again. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, today that you would remove every distraction and hindrance that would cause us to not hear and fully understand what you're speaking to us today. I pray, Lord, that, that I would not speak my words, but that it would be your words that would come forth today in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a message that would resonate not only with our graduates today, but with every person under the sound of my voice. Let us leave this place knowing, realizing, and recognizing that you have a plan, a good plan for our lives. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do in and through the word today in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Elizabeth. In order to understand that God has a plan for your life, you must also understand that the enemy has a plan for your life as well. Let me say that again. In order to fully understand that God has a plan for your life, you must also understand that the enemy has a plan for your life as well. His objective or his goal is to spend your entire life trying to kill your dream and cause you to accept his plan and never experience the joy of fulfilling God's 
perfect, and divine will for your life. And because of this constant struggle, there are going to be times in this life when you and I will face things that you feel like nothing in this life has prepared you for those things that you face, yet everything in your life will lead you to those very moments. Can I get a witness this morning? Anybody who reads the story of Joseph would come to the same conclusion. I want to revisit this story this morning. Uh, in, I, I couldn't go. I tried multiple ones, but I just couldn't go for some wording to any other translation than the King James on this one. Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 through 24. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it his brethren and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance or obedience to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. Remember that. And behold, the sun and the moon and the elements, uh, the eleven stars made obeisance or obedience to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. And Israel said unto Joseph, and his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee. See whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks. And bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? Or who are you looking for? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren, and he found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, watch this, they conspired against him to slay him or to kill him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer, Cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Let us kill him and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, No, we're not going to kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him 
and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. I want you to understand, first of all, this morning, that Joseph was anointed. Joseph was favored by God. If you'll stay with me this morning, I've got a word for all of us. Joseph was definitely favored by his earthly father. And Joseph had a God-given destiny and a God-given dream over his own life. But the truth is, even though Joseph, who was so anointed and had so many things going in his favor, yet the enemy still had a plan for his life. Joseph became hated by his brothers, betrayed by his brothers, rejected by his brothers, stripped of his coat of many colors by his brothers, and thrown into a pit and left there in that pit to die. The enemy had a plan. Can we agree this morning for Joseph's life? The enemy had a plan for Joseph's life. Joseph must have felt like nothing in this life had prepared him for this. Yet everything in his life had led him to this very moment. And it's important that we recognize the enemy's plan and know it, recognize it for what it is and, and refuse to accept that plan over our lives, over the lives of our children, over the lives of our lost loved ones. See, there may come a point in your life when you feel like Joseph. You might get falsely accused. You might be misunderstood. You might be rejected, stripped, betrayed, hurt, abused, beat down. Anybody in the room this morning know what I'm talking about? Thrown into a pit and left to die. And if the enemy had his way, you would die in that pit. But I have a word for you today. You need to learn how to disappoint the enemy. You need to recognize the enemy's plan. And when you see yourself or find yourself in that pit, you need to lift up your eyes and look up to the hills from whence cometh your help and refuse to stay in that pit. In fact... I believe the Lord would have me not only declare to these graduates this morning, but also to many others as well, that God has a plan for your life. What may look like and feel like a sad end is just making room for God's plan in your life. In God's plan for your life, there are chapters we got an author on the second row this morning. Wow, I can say that now. So if you read any, some chapters in a book are long, some are short. Some are happy, some are sad. Some will make you laugh, some will make you cry. But whether it's long or short, happy or sad, whether it makes you laugh or makes you cry, all chapters of a book have one thing in common. They end. Church family, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. I came to tell somebody who has had a bad chapter in your life 
that it's not over. I said it's not over. Your story is bigger than one bad chapter. The best, I truly believe this this morning. Now, had you asked me some other days prior in this week, I don't know. But I truly believe this morning that the best is yet to come. Did you hear me? If the best was not yet to come, there would be no battle. The enemy wouldn't be upset. He wouldn't be looking for a way to try to get in and discourage you. I came to tell you this morning, the best is yet to come. But I also want to share this. Never judge a person by a bad chapter in their life. At any given point in time, any of us could turn the page and experience a chapter that is long and sad. But don't ever try to finish somebody else's story based on one bad chapter. If you looked at Joseph in the pit, or Daniel in the lion's den, or Jonah in the belly of the whale, or the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, if you didn't read on down a little farther, you might have thought that their story ended there. But that was just one bad chapter in their lives. Is there anybody in this house this morning that is glad that your story is bigger than one bad chapter? Listen, Joseph might have went to the pit, but don't you ever forget he also went from the pit to the palace. Daniel came out of the lion's den, and when he did, he still had his arms, his legs, his fingers, and his toes intact. The three Hebrew boys came out of the fiery furnace, but when they came out, the word tells us they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. And after they came out, then they were promoted. Jonah came out of the belly of the whale and he preached a revival in which 120,000 people got saved. One thing is for certain this morning. At some point in life, everybody experiences a bad chapter. But do not judge anybody by one bad chapter in their life because God God has a plan, and God's plan is good. And I don't know, maybe many people this morning feel like you felt like Joseph in the pit, or Daniel in the lion's den, or you felt like the three Hebrew boys walking through the fire, or maybe you felt like Jonah in the belly of that whale. You felt the fire. You felt the hot breath of the lines on the back of your neck. You've heard them growling as they stalked you day and night. You felt like Jonah in the belly of the whale, like God was a million miles away. Newsflash, your pastor's felt that way too. Your pastor has said, where are you in this, God? And maybe for you... It's been a long chapter like the woman with the issue of blood who suffered for 12 long years. Or maybe it could even be one of those extra long chapters that seems like it's never going to come to an end. Like that man who laid by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. 
I don't know how long it's been, but I know this. I know that when you go through a bad chapter, if you'll just keep reading, there will be a new chapter. Because God has a plan. Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5, the second half of that verse tells us in Psalms 30 and 5 that weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 tells us, and we know that all, say all, all things, that means the good and the bad, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And our main text this morning, Jeremiah 29 and 11, i got to read it again. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Graduates and new converts and younger people, I wish I could promise you that life would always be a bed of roses. But I want to draw your attention to a reality this morning. And that is it won't be. Everybody doesn't shout on that, do they? It won't be. You will go through some stuff in this life. You will live through some bad chapters. You will come to moments where you feel like nothing in this life has prepared you for this. But I pray you remember this message and you realize that everything in this life has prepared you for this moment. You remember that this preacher told you, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. And I believe this morning when you feel like you're going through it, and you feel like you're not going to make it, just keep pressing on. Keep reading the word. Somebody hear me this morning. When you don't feel like it, keep praying. When you don't feel like it, keep going to church. When the finances don't look so hot, keep paying your tithes. Keep doing the right thing. Because there will come a moment when you'll get ready to turn the page and you'll find yourself in the next chapter. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. But listen to me, family. What the enemy wants to do to not just you but also to me is kill the dreamer inside of you. See, the devil knows that if he can kill the dreamer inside of you, then you won't be any threat to him. But I came here this morning... To wake up the dreamer inside all of us. For these graduates, I want to speak this morning to the destiny of God that is placed within you. Did you hear me? God does have a perfect and divine will for your life. There is an anointing in your belly. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? It's our job as the church... To stir the embers and to fan the flame. 
But then for others in this house today, listen. I came to rebuke hopelessness. And rebuke discouragement. And despair. I came to cast out fear. And disappointment. And disillusionment about the future. See, if the enemy can get you all stirred up over something, you'll miss God's perfect plan for your life. And like Joseph, you might have been stripped. You might have been stripped of your coat of many colors. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your marriage. I wrote this sermon before I knew somebody that we knew was going to lose their house. Maybe you've lost your health, your peace, and your joy. Maybe you've even lost your faith for a while. And maybe you've even been places and done things that were wrong. Or maybe, just maybe, you've let anger and resentment and hatred and unforgiveness fill your heart. But that was the enemy's plan. I said that was the enemy's plan. Don't fall for it. Don't lie in it. Don't get the mully grubs down in the pit and waller in it. Anybody know what wallering is? Anybody ever been around a pig? A real pig. I'm not talking about a person. You ever seen a pig waller in the mud sometimes that's what we do isn't it we get down and we want to just waller in it but you hear me this morning that is the enemy's plan and I want to tell you this morning as transparently as I can when you looked at me in one point at one point in my life about 10 years ago I was broken I was humiliated. I was miserable. I was lame. I was angry. I was hurt. I was disappointed. I was lonely. And I laid on my bonus room floor in my house and cried till the carpet was soaked with tears. But then I began to recognize that for what it was. That was the enemy's plan for my life. And I feel the Lord when I say this this morning. I could have wallowed in that pit. I could have said, God, I'm never going to do anything again. God, I'm done. This is over with and done. But if I had wallowed in that pit, think about the souls that would have been lost and have gone to hell. Thank God, God can come to you. The Holy Ghost can come to you. And you can recognize that pit for what it is. That pit is the enemy's plan. And you need to refuse to give up when you find yourself in the pit. You need to dream again. And this is why I couldn't use any other translation. Listen to me. Because today's dreamer is tomorrow's deliverer. Today's dreamer is tomorrow's deliverer. Don't you let anything kill the dreamer inside of you because that dreamer is your deliverer. 
You might have seen somebody in the pit, but that was the enemy's plan. I'm glad that I refused to let my dream die in the pit. I did what Joseph did. The Bible says Joseph dreamed again. In fact, it said it exactly this way in the King James. Joseph said, I have dreamed a dream more. Say more. In other words, Joseph said, I have dreamed an even bigger dream this time. <laughs> Listen, graduates and everybody else, don't ever let the enemy kill the dreamer inside of you. I believe there's some folks in this house today that have let the enemy almost kill the dreams inside of them. But that was the enemy's plan. God has another plan. And what you need to do is awaken the dreamer and begin to dream again. And you're not just going to dream again, but when you dream this time, see, I love it when the devil gets a black eye. Anybody, that come from the old church, I know that's the way we used to say it. But anybody know what it means to give the devil a black eye? I love it when the enemy... What the enemy thought for evil, God meant it for my good. That's what Joseph later said. I love it when the enemy thinks he's going to kill the dream inside of somebody, but it doesn't do anything except wake up the dreamer inside of them. And the next time, the dream is bigger, the dream is better, and the dream is greater than the dream they had before. And I believe this morning that if there's anybody in a pit... You can come out of that pit today. You can come out of that lion's den today. You can come out of that fiery furnace today. Let me make it a little bit plainer. You can walk out of that bad chapter today. You can walk out of darkness and disappointment. You can walk out of anger and unforgiveness. You can walk out of hopelessness and despair. And I believe with God's help you can walk out of depression Listen, it was not Joseph's coat of many colors that brought him out of the pit. It wasn't even his dreams that brought him out of the pit. And I know this might come as a surprise to some of us. But it wasn't even his anointing that brought him out of the pit. That's quiet. It wasn't his anointing. That brought him out of the pit. See we're all. Free moral agents. It was the fact that he recognized. The enemy's plan. And he refused. To accept it. But here's the kicker. He never got bitter. That's hard. He never gave up. He never quit. He kept on keeping on. He had confidence in his God. And God honored Joseph's faith and trust in him. And God lifted him up out of that pit and brought him down to Potiphar's house and poured his blessings out upon Joseph. Joseph made it through the bad chapter. And I'm going to read a little bit about the good chapter. But before I do, let me tell you something. There was another bad chapter came after the good chapter. Joseph made it through the bad chapter. He refused to give up and accept the enemy's plan. He was holding on so that he could experience God's perfect plan for his life. And two chapters over, in Genesis chapter 39, 
In verses 2 through 6 we read, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. God blessed Potiphar for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had save the bread that he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. If they'll come to the music this morning. The moral of the story is this. If you didn't hear anything else that I've said today. Please understand that God has a plan for your life. But you have to choose to dream so that that plan can be realized in your life. I want you to grab a hold of that today. Don't settle for anything less than what God has for you. Don't you ever give up and accept defeat just because the going gets tough. Don't you hang your head in shame when you experience failure. Because you will mess up. I will mess up. Don't you hunker down in fear the enemy begins to come against you because he will I said he will he'll come against you he'll do everything he can don't you stop reading just because you've had a bad chapter read on down a little further pray a little harder worship with a little more fervor no matter what the enemy uses to come against you throw your shoulders back you hold your head up high and you know that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives inside of you the same power lives inside of you if you'll stand with me all over the room today I want to tell you this morning if that power if that power can bring Joseph out of the pit if that power can bring Jesus out of the grave don't you tell me that power cannot and will not bring you through whatever it is that you have to face in this life I thought about some people this week that have in their lives have faced some tough things and I know this is not the kind of message trying not to get emotional but it's not the kind of message that people are hooping and hollering over but it's real 
it's real. If you're in ministry, and really, most all of us are in ministry, or we should be, there's that. There will be times when things knock you off your feet. Whether or not you're in ministry, there will be times in your life that you feel like nothing. You didn't see it coming. Nothing could have prepared you for this. But I want you to remember something this morning. This book says, the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And though he fall, didn't say if, did you catch that? And though he fall, this book says, he or she, the steps of a good man or a good woman, and though he or she fall, he or she shall not be utterly destroyed. You know why? You know why? Because the Lord will uphold you with his righteous right hand. I'm glad this morning that even though we're not always righteous, there's one who is that will hold us up with his righteous right hand. You remember everything in this life has led you to this moment. And when you're going through a bad chapter, you look that devil right in the eye and you remind him, hey buddy, it ain't over. It ain't over. God made you a promise. And that promise was that God has a plan for your life. And not only that, I'm closing with this. It's not just any plan. It's a good plan. It's a plan to prosper you. Anybody in the house this morning want to prosper? It's a plan never to harm you. God, it's never God's plan to harm you, but it's God's plan to give you a hope and a future. So I declare and decree over your life this morning, don't you stop dreaming. Don't you water in the pit. You get up out of there.